Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. my kids get older as their problems get more complex i am really clear that as their earthly dad i do not have answers or fixes for all their problems so i think my conviction has got deeper that to start the day by showing them a bit of jesus to say he is the one who can get you through today your heavenly father is your better hope than your earthly father Hello, this is the Faith in Parents podcast produced by Faith in Kids. My name is Ed Drew, I'm the director, and we are here, as you know, I'm sure, to try to encourage parents to keep on going with that normal business of raising your children to know Christ. I am joined today by Joe. Do you want to say hello and introduce yourself, Joe? Yeah, hello, my name's uh, Joe Hennigan. I'm the marketing manager at the Good Book Company. Uh, we produce uh, Christian books at the Good Book Company. Um, that are biblical, accessible and relevant. Uh, and we're all about helping ordinary Christians open up the Bible. So you and I, Joe, are about the same thing. Uh, and the Good Book Company have been kind enough to publish another book of Family Bible Times. The first one was The Wonder of Easter. This one coming out now, Meals with Jesus. How did the first one go, Joe? Uh, it went uh, beyond expectations, actually. People really engaged with it. They got the concept um, we've got great feedback, uh, people finding it easy to use. Um, they loved it. So we're back for more. Thank you, Joe. Now, this is a crossover podcast. So, Joe, you're going to be asking me most of the questions. Yeah. And this is a podcast that's available from the Good Book Company, but it's also here on the Faith in Kids stream. Ed is the director of Faith in Kids, which resources children's ministry in the local church, uh, supporting kids workers and parents alike. And before that, for 12 years, Ed was the children's worker at Dundonald Church in southwest London. And he's married to Mary and they have three children. So you are with us today to talk about your new family devotional, uh, Meals with Jesus, a journey through Luke's gospel for the whole family. Uh, we'll get to that a bit later. Um, but first, can you tell us how you became a Christian? Yes, uh, my story, uh, I guess, represents what Faith in Kids is about. Uh, 
which is I was raised in a home where we went to church, where dad prayed with me before bed and mum answered any question I had. So uh, I don't remember a time when I thought it wasn't true. I do remember a time as a teenager when it didn't seem to make much sense to me. But I was raised in a Christian home. I always went to church. Uh, The significant time probably was aged about 11 or 12 when on a summer Christian holiday camp, uh, for the first time, I was told there was such a thing as not a Christian and there was such a thing as becoming a Christian. And there was such a thing as the good news of Jesus Christ that as an 11 year old could be explained to me. So that is a good explanation of what we're trying to do at Faith in Kids, which is can we help children to hear of Jesus Christ in a way they can understand and a way they can respond to? That was my story. Yeah, wonderful. Um, And was there a book uh, at any point in your journey of faith that has been uh, important for you, Christian or non-Christian? I think there have been a few, uh, a few that stand out, I guess. um, The Cross of Christ by John Stott was certainly one of the, probably the hardest books I had read. Uh, And that made sense, but was difficult. Uh, I'd say um, there's a book called The The Busy Something Guide to Busyness by Tim Chester. Okay. I found that very helpful, even if I can't remember the title, (laughs) because I'm someone who is late and works to deadlines and claims to be busy. That book was really helpful for me in saying, be more godly. Right. Love other people a bit more. Yeah. So I think books, the praying life, uh, has been is the only book on prayer that I have found really encouraging. So there are individual books that for me seem to speak into the moment I'm in and make sense. And I think that a test of a Christian book is, does it change mm. how you think? Yeah. Um. What made you want to get into children's work? Ed? It's quite hard to answer that. I when I arrived working for a church for the first time, I'd come from a job in engineering. The only children I'd met were my three nieces. I'd I'd never been a teacher. I didn't for a moment think I understood children. I think the discovery for me was, first of all, I was brilliantly just put in a Sunday school class and asked to help lead it, which is I I want to recommend to everyone in the world is a great thing to do. And I was put in a class with brilliant Jenny. And I just watched as five-year-olds got it. So I think the first thing was the discovery that children can be taught of Jesus Christ Mm. and that they can deeply engage with it. It's not, you know, like eating your greens, something that should be done and children have to tolerate it and there's no joy in it. Mm. The discovery that children, I in fact argue now that children can be encouraged to engage with Jesus Christ almost more easily than adults. Yes, in that you can capture their imagination and you can grab their enthusiasm. And they, they, they're happy to ask any question. They're happy to, to discuss anything. So firstly, I think it was seeing it happen in front of me. I think secondly, uh, in my 20s, as I was doing this work in a range of other ministries, I think I discovered that I like simple I I naturally want to look at a passage and work out what is the one simple idea that is being shouted at me. And I think that means I discovered that my brain sort of works well for children. In that children, they want the depth of the Bible, but they don't want the complexity. 
They want right. the big thing to be huge and yeah. amazing. And that's broadly how yeah. I see the Bible. So I think it was a mixture of the excitement of seeing it done well and then the and the discovery that the Lord has given me a brain that seems to be able to work that through. And finally, getting to know families, because at that point I didn't have children and them being honest with me and them teaching me and discovering what I now understand much better, which is you only have one opportunity with a person to form their thinking when they're children. You know, all of us can change our minds. All of us can repent and believe. All of us can be given the gift of new life. But with children, you have one opportunity to build with them their framework for life. And so discovering with families how that is being done, how children can be flourished from their first days, that that, then you realise this is precious. We need to get on board with this. We Churches, we need to be doing all that we can to support parents. Mm. So this all works together. And then there's clearly finally that last piece, which is a work of the spirit in any of us to turn our hearts to love people enough to offer them Jesus. What's your memory like of your kind of first-hand experience of kids' ministry? Is that informed, you know, have you taken some of the good and learned from some of the bad? I grew up in a church where... I don't believe Jesus Christ was taught from the Bible in a way I could understand as a child. So I do remember people loving me. I do remember Sunday school. I do remember holiday clubs. And I, I want to—I don't want to diminish that because as a child, you probably notice love and care almost more than the message. So I remember that. So I don't ever remember thinking, this is a waste of my time. I'm bored. Let me leave. Right. So my memories are good. And I think my my only sadness is that piece of you want you want children to hear of Jesus and what it means to live him as early as possible, because we believe as Christians that anything apart from that is not flourishing. We believe as Christians that to live for Christ is the best it can be. So you want to get kids on board with that as early as you can to flourish. So I think that that's my only sadness is is uh, I wish there'd been someone at the church who got who was passionate about showing me Jesus. My parents were great. My parents answered every question and encouraged me to hear of Christ at every opportunity. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about your parents, actually. So what was what was it like? You said you grew up in a Christian household. Yes. What was like the, the main arena for the discipleship? Was it around the family table or was it a bit more organic yeah. than that? I want to be careful because I, I, to this day, thank my parents regularly about the way they raised me. So honest, any conversation could happen. Nothing was off limits. Uh, As I say, dad prayed with me. I thank him for that. Mm. I would say um, it, it wasn't, if you like, intentional, active discipleship. And I, I guess that is an encouragement maybe to some of your listeners to hear the story of, of raising children is it is the Lord's work mm. and we're all unique. So I want to be very slow to give the impression there is one way of doing it and everything else is awful. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I have no regrets, if you like, about how my parents raised me. I'm only full of thanks. But I'd say I don't, for instance, remember the Bible being opened mm. at home. 
Uh, I don't remember us having that sort of conversation around the table. So that that was why when I arrived at a great church where this was happening in homes in the church family, it, it came as a huge shock to me. Mm. And it and hearing stories of what parents were praying for their children, you know, this was totally new to me. Mm. And um, I'm 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 very grateful. I'm so grateful to the families who were willing to be totally honest with me then when I was young without children. Uh, about these are our disappointments these are our fears these are our struggles this is this is our pride mm. uh our churches must be a place where people are talking to one another yeah great and you know we're grateful as well because otherwise we wouldn't have faith in kids um, so let's talk about kids ministry mm. um you're obviously uh, a focal point for receiving a lot of anecdotal feedback uh, and stories from families. Yes. From your perspective, how are we doing as parents at discipling our children? Oh, look, first of all, I want to say well done, parents. Uh, I want to encourage parents. Uh, I believe, look, I think the Bible says parents is the most important job in the world. The Bible consistently says to parents, keep doing it. Keep raising your children to know me and know what I've done. So I think the first thing to say is I've never met a parent who's saying I'm not that bothered I don't really care. I wonder how it's all going to work out. Uh, Parents, the Lord has given us a desire in parents to really go for it with our kids and to Mm. do the best we can. I think in our nation, in the UK at the moment, we don't have a long history of what it looks like for churches to be encouraging parents. Mm. We don't have a we, we don't have three generations in every church of godly grandparents in the faith uncles and aunts in the faith Mm. getting around our parents saying let me help Mm. so that's all i would say yeah is um i think there is more room for us to get alongside parents encourage them in what they're doing and say talk honestly tell me how it's going and i and i wonder if there is one way you can be more intentional in raising your kids to know christ knowing you don't think you've got time you're always knackered and it's very difficult uh, I think there's more room for that to be happening in our churches. Yeah. Perhaps being British gets in the way. Mm. Perhaps we, we find it hard to be honest about what hurts, mm. what we feel guilty about. Keep doing that. Yeah. Great. And how has this year in particular been difficult for parents, do you think? Oh, goodness. We're talking in November yeah. 2020. That's right. Uh, COVID is a thing and it still is a thing. Imagine listening to this podcast and mm. not knowing COVID is a thing. I dream of those days. Um, I think I think something has probably happened in most families, which is when you remove church, uh, it's very hard to raise children as Christians, trust in Christ. Uh, and it's meant to be. We, we need the local church. Thank the Lord for it. Mm. So I think perhaps what lockdown has shown us a little is, have we been over-reliant on Sunday school? Have we been over-reliant on thinking church for one hour on a Sunday will do it for our family? Is there is there a, a moment just to say, let's let's look again at what our family are doing, however old our children are, even if they're teenagers. Uh, let's just have a go again and ask ourselves, what can we be doing in the home? How can we make honest conversations happen? How can we ask one another about what we doubt and what we're certain of? How can we talk about coping with difficulties with Jesus Christ? I I think lockdown perhaps has shown us um, what has always been the case, that one and a half hour on church on a Sunday is not the beginning and end of the Christian walk. 
Yeah, well, that's that's a healthy thing to be challenged on, isn't it? Um, so how are Faith in Kids trying to provide support in those areas? Faith in Kids is an organisation that wants to be for parents and churches. So if you like bringing those two together, how can children grow up with Christian parents as part of brilliant churches so that together they partner to raise children to know Christ? Um, so perhaps in lockdown, something that's happened is that Faith in Kids perhaps has been able to help more than we could before in that if we are four parents and four churches and those two have been separated we have tried to step in a little and say maybe we can help bring you back together even when you're not meeting so we've continued to produce podcasts we've produced some videos uh we have produced some resources faithinkids.org is where you find our website right uh, the feedback has been encouraging while also knowing no one has much loved this time so Faith in Kids doesn't want it to keep going. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. Yes, yeah, so that was faithinkids.org. That's it. Where we can go. Um, well, if you go to that website, will you find out how to explain the Trinity to a five-year-old? I kind of wish we, you could, <laughs> but you can't. Um, I. So we're caught in that no man's land in that we're constantly confused. Should we be providing everything for everyone? And saying it's very difficult, so let us give you the answers. Or mm. should we be providing nothing and saying, parents, open up your Bible. It's not that hard. See how it goes. Mm. So we are constantly wondering, we want to give you a hand. We want to be alongside you. But there is actually a thing that if the resources become endless, it makes us all think, well, I can't do it. That's why they keep giving me resources. So mm. you'll find some answers. You'll yes. find some encouragement. But I want to say you don't need us. In the Bible, Jesus Christ, the work of the Spirit, and your loving Heavenly Father, you have everything you need. So like any good charity, your your ultimate goal is to become obsolete. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we would. when churches say, Ed, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're loving it, we're yeah. encouraging families, they're part of our big church family, they're not more important than the international students or the elderly or anyone else, they're just part of our messy family, mm. and the parents are saying, living for Jesus is brilliant. Mm. Uh, my guilt is gone. I am a bit tired, but we're we're enjoying the roller coaster and the adventure. Then we'll leave, and and I, I, I my family's on that roller coaster, Great. and uh, we need help. But you're right. Yeah. Well, amen to that day. Okay, so let's talk about meals with Jesus. This is uh, the follow up to your hugely popular The Wonder of Easter. What can we expect from this one? Look. Oh, I was surprised. Maybe the Good Book Company was surprised. But The Wonder of Easter sold really well. We're not about sales. I, I think actually I could even say the Good Book Company aren't that much about sales. Uh, you, you and I, we want the same, which is putting great resources into the hands of parents. So Meals with Jesus is the next one. Uh, and it's simply saying any family, every family would do a lot better if Jesus Christ was part of your everyday. If that's your story, well done. Keep doing it. It's not simple. It is great. Uh, so one way of doing that is is an old story of daily family Bible times. We probably all know what a quiet time is. Ten minutes, you and your Bible, a bit of prayer, start the day, let's go. There's an equivalent for a family, uh, which I didn't grow up with. Uh, and in honesty, I think f few are doing because none of us have heaps of time. Mm. 
But certainly my story as a parent has been a journey from the family Bible time is a good and faithful thing to do to kids. It's hard. Uh, and I, as my kids get older, as their problems get more complex, I am really clear that as their earthly dad, I do not have answers or fixes for all their problems. So I think my conviction has got deeper that to start the day by showing them a bit of Jesus to say he is the one who can get you through today. Mm. Your heavenly father is your better hope than your earthly father. So I think now it's more life saving to open the Bible with my kids each day. And I wanted to write a resource that helped families to discover that for the first time. So I've written this resource for the family that doesn't do it. Right. Uh, so what I'm saying is, will you give us a go by turning to the first page? Uh, I then say to families, children flourish on routine. So don't expect the first one to be brilliant because it will feel a bit like putting on a new pair of jeans. They'll be a bit itchy and they'll not bend in the right places. But by the fifth one, which might happen after two weeks, I think you start to see is it, it's OK and it's brilliant. So that's what I've written it for. Great. Um, and so it is about the meals of Jesus. Um, what made you want to home in on that theme? I, first of all, children are about stories. That's how children understand. So, so under eights, even under elevens, aren't conceptual thinkers. So those bits of the Bible that adults normally go to, the Psalms, the Epistles, these are harder work for children. So if you first of all just want to go with the grain, you tell children great stories. The Bible is full of great stories. Mm. Secondly, children from the beginning, we want to show them Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a religion. It's not a routine. It's not a habit. It's not an institution. It's a person. We are followers of Jesus Christ. So we want to show our children Jesus Christ. The meals in Luke's gospel are particularly striking because Jesus has meals with the awful, the evil, the oppressed, the vulnerable, the broken. So can we raise our children to love Jesus Christ and to care for the weak, to love the lost? Uh, so I've, my heart is moved by meeting Jesus in these meals. And I want to give my children that opportunity to sit at a table Look Jesus in the eye, find out what he said, listen to how people spoke to him and then turn in your families and say, do you like him? Do you trust him? Do you want to keep eating your meals with Jesus? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you want to be about him? And, and I think as parents, that's something we can do. Because what we can't do is say, be like me. Uh, when we say, be like me, it doesn't take long for our children to say, but dad, you don't know and you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And the number of times you're apologizing to me, I'm starting to wonder why. So uh, show them Christ. It's much, much easier than showing them yourself. Mm. Yeah. And so obviously you want to pair this with an actual mealtime in the household. <laughs> why, why do you think mealtimes are so like at the pinnacle 
family moment. I want to be careful in saying this, and that, that there is a thing about meal times and family Bible times, which is we can, as parents, create some sort of mythical nirvana mm. where our children sit down and pick up their knife and fork and eat their greens and yep. say, "Mummy." Thank you, Daddy. This has been amazing. Yes, we we can think that about meal times, and we can think that about uh, Bible times. Mm. I, I want to say both of them are not the normal experience of families. What's, so if, what's the meal time like in, in the Jew household? Is it is it sophisticated no, discussion back no, and forth about Calvin's no, institutes? No one it? wears a tie. No <laughs> one wears a jacket. Um, there are tears. There are, uh, very rarely are people sat at the table. Uh, they wander around, they uh, complain, they moan, and we all get frustrated with each other. That is our normal meal time. <laughs> and our family Bible time is very similar. So I guess I, I, you don't need to do these family Bible times around the table. In mm. fact, that's probably not the most helpful way to do them. But we can all relate to a meal. We can all relate to when you have a meal, you get to know people. You, you get to love them more or you get to discover what they're really like. So that that's the part why meal times are helpful, in that we can all relate to a meal and we can all relate to having someone around your table you don't know at the beginning of the meal and you mm. do know at the end of the meal. That's what's happening in these Bible times. Yeah. And I also want to say expect chaos, mm. expect silence, expect anger, expect you not to get to the end, expect to finish with should we just pray now because we've run out. Uh so let your family Bible time be like your family meal time. Mm. unpredictable often disappointing but absolutely essential yeah yeah i think that might take some some families out of their comfort zone but uh into a good direction definitely let me just quickly deal with that i know from the wonder of easter in some churches the family said could you come around and and do it for me show me how it's done in other words the family bible time you know even me doing a podcast on it makes it out to be some sort of mythical issue yeah and and for a lot of people, they've never seen one because you don't sit at each other's family meal. You know, you don't sit in each other's family Bible times. So I love the story of hearing that when someone went round and did one with someone else's kids, the parents said, is that it? Right. All oh, right. Oh, I could do that. Pray, yeah. open the Bible, ask everyone a question, pray, leave. Yeah. So, so that's what I want to keep saying to people. Yeah. Your family Bible time will look different to everyone else's. It doesn't need to be long. It's not hard. It, it It is great. And when every now and then you meet someone who's grown up doing them, ask them what they think, and they'll say, I remember it going wrong. I'm also very grateful my parents kept going. Yeah. Wonderful. What, what meal times uh, have the happiest memories for you, Ed? <laughs> I love food. I love food. It's easy. Uh, In lockdown, we've we've actually had a tradition of uh, every Friday night, we have gone to an independent takeaway. Mm. In other words, support the local businesses and and let's go around the world. So in lockdown, my family is, uh, my son has discovered he loves Turkish food. (laughs) My daughter has discovered she loves chicken and she doesn't really mind how it's cooked. And my youngest son wants a burger. Right. So we give each one a choice. So actually, I think that will be one of our happy memories of lockdown right. Right. is discovering takeaways of the world and uh, enjoying the adventure. But it, for me, uh, I have a good appetite. I love food. If food is involved, great things happen. This is a slightly random question, but if you could have a meal with three people, yeah, three people living or dead, who would it be? I think it's probably going to be a famous Christian or two. Maybe Martin Luther King. 
as I get older, I'm clearer on what an amazing job he did for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's often lost. Um, I think there are some sporting heroes. Uh, I, you know, some, I love cricket and I love rugby. I mean, some of these people are alive and some are dead. Do I have to name dead people? Can I mention alive living people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up watching Gavin Hastings at fullback. I always thought he was a hero for the Scottish rugby team. Right. Uh, I love fast bowlers. Glenn McGrath for Australia. Uh, uh, some of those sportsmen. What else would I say? Uh, I think that might be it. Sports people, great Christians. Martin Lloyd-Jones is clearly a great preacher uh, who I would learn a lot from. Look, I'm I'm nothing special. So uh, I, I would say there's a... There is a pile of people I would love to talk to and learn from and laugh from. I love comedy. Charlie Chaplin. He was a genius. Uh, Robin Williams. Mm. Uh, I'd love to have encouraged him that his brilliance was worth keeping going. Mm. Yeah, great. Well, great cast to start a a family Bible time with as well. (laughs) Um, So let's get back to the book. Um, What is it specifically about Jesus that you want children to know more uh, during these family Bible times. What is the main kind of teaching moment yeah. that, that parents will yeah. be looking to get to once yeah. they've finished these uh, how, 34 yeah. entries? Th- that question is a brilliant one. There is a problem that as adults, we just roll our eyes and get bored at the question. Mm. So th- there is an issue, I think, as adults that we do forget we are about Jesus Christ and he becomes a sort of caricature of himself. I mean, sorry, maybe I'm just speaking for me. Is I talk about Jesus Christ a lot. I'm not sure I get to know him and I'm not sure I love him. So as I've looked at the meals in Luke's gospel, I think what has struck me is his unbelievable care of people. He, he, he made himself deeply unpopular with the people with influence for the sake of the outsider. Mm. When the woman who came in and washed his feet at the table, she was treated like scum. And everyone around the room hated him and her. And Jesus chose to side with her. And Jesus said she has got it right, even though her life story is a train crash. So, I think that's what strikes me most. I want families to get Jesus cared. Now, it's so easy to say. It's easy to listen to. But it's that care that took him to the cross. It's that care that is on the throne now. I'd love our children to know Jesus is for them. Mm. The care Jesus had for the woman on her knees is the same care he has for our children when they're in tears. Jesus cares and he has the power to care. You know, we all care, but I don't have the power to fix my kids' issues. Jesus cares for my children more than me and he has all authority. That is what my children need to know because what that creates is dependence on Christ. Mm. I want him to care for me. I trust him to care for me. Uh and look, it's okay as a, as parents to say, when I sit down and open these with my kids, I don't understand. I don't know this. I need this as much as they do. And 
a quick insight to data. The data says kids don't hear their parents doubting, mm. asking questions, being confused. So parents, it's okay to say, no, I've got no idea. No, no clue. Mm. This is really hard to understand. It's okay to say that to our children. Mm. It's okay to wonder with them. Yeah. To say, look, I don't know, but what do you think? Is it this? And they say, no, dad, it can't be that. And you go, all right, then maybe you're right. Mm. Have a conversation with your kids where you don't know the answers. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, and I know you're all about making things simple. Yes. You've already said that. Um, how have you achieved that with this book? Well, first of all, it's a simple plan each day. Uh, I've tried to make it as short as I can. So the writing is the easy part. Then you just have to start deleting all that you've written to make it as short <laughs> as possible. So we've got a question to start because no child sits down saying, I remember exactly what I did yesterday. I'm ready to go with the Bible. Great. There's a question to get us warmed up that isn't, what did we learn yesterday? That's a terrible question. Never ask it. Uh, we've got a question to get going. We've got a sentence on where in the Bible are we? We open it. We read four verses and then we've got a question for every age group and we're done uh now uh and we could pray to finish there's a few bits at the end which is look if if this has really made an impression here's a conversation you could have in the car on the way to school here is a conversation you can have on the way up the hill uh, at the weekend uh but mm. step by step have a go if you need to put a timer on for 10 minutes and encourage the kids when this goes off we'll pray and we're done Great. And do, do parents need to approach it with preparation or can they just open it and read? The dream, the dream is you make this your quiet time the day before. Right. Uh, because all of us need the spirit to be at work. Mm. But I don't manage that. And mm. there's no reason why any of our listeners do either. But the dream is make it your quiet time. Pray it through. Be struck by it. You'll sit down with your children and they'll never have seen a parent who's so excited before in their lives. Because that's the wonder of the word of God. But otherwise, just open it. Uh, at the top of some, it says, you know, grab a handful of pasta. Have you got some plastic toys? F find yourself a bit of a tree. At the top of some of them, there's a grab this. This will help you with the story. But generally, no. Hmm. Open it up, see how you go. That's the normal pattern of life. Is It's a bit messy. It's never as organised as you want. But the Lord is with you. Great. And uh, uh, should they approach this at any point in the year? Or is there a specific time? Uh, there's never a bad time to open the Bible. I say to people, the last one was the wonder of Easter. It was written for Easter, but as long as probably it's awkward looking at the cross at Christmas time. Same with this one. Is there ever a bad time to look at meals with Jesus? No. Uh, there is a pattern in the first couple of pages to show how you could do this in the run up to Easter, because the book finishes with the last two meals are the last supper and the road to Emmaus. Mm. So it, it, right. it, you can finish at Easter. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for telling us about this book, Ed. What is your hope for it? The hope of this book is that no one remembers the book. The hope of this book is that children's lives are changed by eternity because they have sat down at a meal table with Jesus, looked him in the eye and said, you are amazing. I want to follow you for the rest of my days. Uh, if one person in heaven told me that they decided to follow Christ because of this book, that that is a dream. Mm. That's the prayer that no one remembers this book. Great. You can find out more about Meals with Jesus by going to thegoodbook.co.uk or thegoodbook.com. Thank you very much. It's been great to be here, Joe. And thank you to The Good Book Company for doing such a brilliant job. 
Faithful can sound like dull, but you are faithfully doing it with imagination and creativity. I love your books. Thanks, Joe. You're very welcome. Goodbye. Goodbye.